Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The Apostle Paul was a remarkable person. He was used by the sovereign God to unveil much of the New Testament revelation. He also performed wondrous miracles and was a mighty evangelist. Yet in the book that has been understood to almost be his autobiography, he tells us that his only boast was in the singleness or sincerity or purity with which he and his co-workers lived and served the faithful God by living Christ. Listen to his words to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in singleness and sincerity of God, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world and more abundantly toward you. Welcome to our second program from the Life Study of 2 Corinthians, and Ed Marks is back with us. Ed, really good to have you in the studio. Chris, it's really good to be here. Uh, to me, 2 Corinthians is a very precious and particular book. As you pointed out, it can be considered Paul's autobiography, and we could say it's the autobiography of a person in the Spirit. So it's just a precious book, and our listeners are in for a real treat. Ed, we've just recently concluded the life study of 1 Corinthians. Of course, we took a few weeks to have some highlights from an Old Testament book, the book of Isaiah, and the New Testament book of Romans. But now we come to 2 Corinthians, and I think it's important that we take these two books together because they're very related in some aspects, aren't they? They are, Chris. And in 1 Corinthians, the church in Corinth has a lot of problems. And the reason for all these problems, if you look at the end of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, is the Corinthians, they were fleshly, mm-hmm. and they were soulish. Yeah. That meant they were living in their flesh, they were dominated by their flesh, they were living in their soul, you know, which is the mind is the main part of their soul. But Paul wanted them to aspire to grow in the divine life so that they would be spiritual men. Uh-huh. They'd be people living by their spirit. You know, of course, the divine spirit, God in Christ as the spirit came into our spirit. Right? Right. And now this, our spirit is filled with the divine spirit of God, and we need to live by our spirit, which has been mingled and united with God as the spirit. This was what Paul aspired for them. And of course, when you come to chapter 15, eventually Paul brings the Corinthians to this matter of resurrection. Yes. Well, well, it shows that he wanted them to aspire to the growth in life, to live by the resurrected Christ as the life-giving spirit in their spirit. So when you come to 2 Corinthians, what you see is you see a person who is Paul, who is actually living by the resurrected Christ who lives in his spirit. It's the autobiography of a person in the spirit. So as Francis Ball, who was here yesterday in the first program we were discussing, he pointed out this book, it becomes a kind of a demonstration of what he was pointing them to in chapter 15 of the first book. Exactly, Chris. In other words, when you look at this, at 2 Corinthians, and you see Paul's autobiography, what you see here is this is what it is to live a life in resurrection and in the spirit. 
And his life at even a superficial study of the life of the Apostle Paul, you come to the ready conclusion he was not one who lived outwardly in this kind of victorious realm, a mighty spiritual warrior, you know, overcoming all the difficulties. His life was fraught with terrible difficulties and sufferings much of the time, wasn't it, outwardly? It was. And as we go through Second Corinthians, we'll see this. I mean, he says, we're afflicted in every way. You know, we're pressed, pressed. beyond measure. Yeah. We're in a situation that's beyond our power. But inside of him, in the midst of all these troubling, perplexing, uh, pressure-filled, suffering situations, he enjoyed the indwelling Christ as his resurrection life and power. And this is what we need to focus on in our Christian life. So when he pointed the Corinthian believers, and by extension us, who are all, in a sense, Corinthian believers, to the resurrection life, he knew of whence he spoke, didn't he? Exactly. And you cannot experience Christ's resurrection unless you are in a death situation. Wow. Well, Ed, this verse I read a moment ago, verse 12 of chapter 1, seems very simple, but we're just going to look at three verses today, 12, 13, and 14. These are rich, deep, high, and profound, and they're very much in the experiential realm, not in the doctrinal realm. Don't you agree? Right, Chris. I think this will be a great help to our listeners for our daily experience of Christ. Well, let's join Witness Lee, Ed. In these three verses, 12 through 14, Paul means something deeper, something richer, something higher, and something more profound. If uh, we ourselves never had this kind of experience, we surely don't know what Apostle Paul talks about. These verses tell us clearly that Paul was boasting, boasting in the testimony of the way they handle their life. I believe we need some insight, some wisdom to get into what Paul really means. There's one word that we read nerd, singleness. Translators use the different words to translate this one word. Singleness, simplicity, liberality, generosity, bounty, something uh, like this. So, what does the apostle mean in this verse? Now, remember, Paul in Asia, before writing this epistle, was in a situation that human beings just have no way, no way out. They were in a death situation. So, that death situation has forced them to be single. You know, when you are rich, when you are knowledgeable, you don't care what kind of situation. Any situation comes, you have your way. You are altogether not single. You have many ways. Now, Paul and his co-workers were in a situation that <laughs> restrict them to a degree no human way could be used. And no human way is available. There was only one way. Only one way. 
the God of resurrection. Because they were in death. Their situation was death. Not just affliction. Not just trouble. Not just problem. But death. Regardless how you are knowledgeable, how rich you are, how capable you are, you are dying. What can you do? You can do nothing. In these verses, Paul was dying there. You just think about who can be more simple than a dead person. Very simple. Ed, let's come back to this uh, boast of the apostles. He was boasting in his singleness, in uh, his simplicity in God. And what brought about this condition of simplicity, singleness, were the circumstances that uh, constituted his environment in Asia, as uh, he pointed to. We're going to get into these verses in a moment uh, just before this. He was pressed beyond all measure, wasn't he? He was, Chris. Chris, I'd just like to read these few verses here in Second Corinthians 1 because it gives the context. Okay. And Paul says, We don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, of our affliction which befell us in Asia, that we were excessively burdened beyond our power, huh. so that we despaired even of living. So this, this says that Paul, like you said, you know, our concept of Paul is he's just... Transcendent. Yeah, he's yeah. transcendent all the time. He's, but this verse shows he was in despair. He despaired even of living. Even he was in a situation that was beyond his power. And Chris, some of our listeners... And, of course, we, we all, as believers in Christ, we have this experience. The Lord brings us into situations that are beyond our power. You know, our wisdom doesn't work. <laughs> our methods don't work. Our plans don't work. Our power, our ability, yeah. you know, our schedules, whatever. We're in a situation that there's no way out of it, except there's only one way out. And that way is God himself, the God of resurrection. See, in the next verse, Mm -hmm. Paul says we have the response of death in ourselves that we would learn not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. It's easy to say trust in God. We have that on our coin. In God we trust. Mm -hmm. But to be in a situation where it seems there's no way out, it's inexplicable, whether it's a health situation, a family situation, a job situation that's just beyond your power. What does that train you to do? It trains you, I need to trust in the God of resurrection who lives in my spirit. And Chris, if I could just take a few more minutes here on this first part. I'm very burdened with this, Chris, because, you know, as Christians, we might emphasize God as the living God. Yeah. And God is the living God. Right. And God performs miracles. Mm -hmm. He did that for the children of Israel. We can see that. But the living God What he does, he performs miracles, and he can deliver people out of situations. But he wants us to go deeper to know him as the God of resurrection. When we experience him as the God of resurrection, he doesn't take us out of the situation, but he dispenses himself into us in the situation to transform us into precious stones for his building. So this is what he wants to do, Chris. And I think as the more we go on with the Lord, uh, we'll enter into situations like Paul that are beyond our power. But this is all so that we would know him as the resurrection life, experience him, enjoy him, and gain him so that we can really be transformed inwardly to be a new creation. 
To me, this is very precious. More than precious. Ed, to set up this next segment, I want to borrow a verse from chapter 4. We are not really not there yet, but it just seems to fit in context with what Paul is talking about here in chapter 1. So if we could just look at chapter 4, verse 10. In chapter 4, he's still in the same mode, obviously. Always bearing about in the body the putting to death of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. These were his words out of his experience, not out of his uh, seminary training, weren't they? Exactly. And again, this verse is just shows you, you know, that here he is in a situation where he's being put to death. Yeah. But that being put to death situation is so that the resurrection life of Christ could be manifested through him to everyone. Wonderful. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee. We human beings are not simple. And who can be simple? Only the dead ones. I never heard a dead one express an opinion. If I ask you, are you uh, okay with the temperature? I said, right, we said, no, brotherly, oh, I've been suffering, oh, it's too, too hot. And someone, no, 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 it's too cold. But if you put dead person in this room, no problem. If you burn them, that's okay. Even you freeze them, that's also okay. No opinion. The dead ones are simple. Paul says, we were praised to the extent that we consider ourselves dead. No way. No opinion. And our confidence was only in God who raises the dead. Then, verse 12 says, For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience. Conscience of what? Not conscience that we are sincere, that we are faithful, that we are honest, you see? But our testimony of our conscience is that we are single. We are single. We didn't use any way. We are single. We didn't exercise our knowledge. We didn't exercise our ability. We didn't exercise our wisdom. We didn't exercise our uh, strengths, our kind of policy, our kind of politics. We didn't. We were single. We were simple. Our conscience bears testimony to this. And this is our boast. We behave, we live, we act, we work, not in any way of ourselves. Only in God. God of resurrection, God who raises the dead, is our way. We have no other way. Our way is God. Let's talk about this testimony that Paul, quote-unquote, boasted of, that his boast was in his singleness. You would think the testimony of our conscience, we would hope we would be seen as honest or faithful or diligent or any of these other good uh, spiritual virtues or qualities, but the one that mattered to Paul here was his singleness. How does this relate to the experience of resurrection? Chris, to me, this is just marvelous. You know, 
here Paul is in this complex situation, right? Right. Inexplicable. Yeah. Which again, I say, I, you know, we have listeners out there and here we are, we're going through sufferings or situations in our environment that we can't understand why we're going through them or what's going on. But you know, when you're in a complex situation, it simplifies you. Yeah. You know, this can be translated the simplicity of God right. or the singleness of God. You know, Chris, I've used this funny illustration a number of times. When you're going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, you don't pray doctrinal prayers. You become very simple. <laughs> That's right. You know, you say, Lord, save, save me. me. <laughs> if I don't have you right now, I'm finished, right? Right. It simplifies you. Mm-hmm. And when we're going over the falls in our experience, this is where we really get trained to know the Lord yeah. and where we become simple. Where the Lord purifies us, Lord, I just want you. Uh, No matter what, I want to gain you. I want you to gain me. No matter what's taken away from me, nobody can take you away from me. If I have you, I have everything. And I think this is the simplicity that's going on here, right? Really so. And Chris, you know, Watchman Nee wrote this little booklet. It's called The Treasure in Earth and Vessels that Mm -hmm. we have. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how... One time he was in a difficult situation, and it was like the Lord showed him. It was like a boulder in a river that he couldn't pass over. The Lord asked him, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to remove the boulder or increase the level of the water? Yeah. And so this shows many times the Lord will leave the boulder because he wants to increase within us. The boulder doesn't go away. The problem doesn't go away. But God, as grace, increases within us. And we have more of him in our being. And this is his purpose, to transform us so that we be built up to be his body. So this is Second Corinthians. It really is. You know, Ed, when I was younger, I used to do a lot of fishing in a lot of mountain streams. And it's amazing. You go to a stream in June and you go to the same stream in August or September. That looks totally different. Uh, there were rocks there that you didn't remember or vice versa. But the only thing that had changed was the level of the water. It was the same stream, the same water. It's just how much of it there was changes everything. Chris, and we can testify, but when we really have the Lord, when we're in his presence and we're enjoying him, our environment doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Actually, you could have the best environment and be miserable, but you could have the worst environment. And if you're really enjoying the Lord and you're in his presence, you're just full of joy. And this is our testimony even to the unbelieving world. Yeah, They wonder, why is this person so happy? Right, He's going through all these things. Well, I have another source of joy than the environment. And again, this is Paul's autobiography in 2 Corinthians. And this is the singleness. This is the one item that Paul was focused on that he's really laboring here to focus all of us on, isn't it? This matter of the one thing, the resurrection life of Christ. That's right, Chris. And I think we need to beware. Satan always wants to make us complicated. But the Lord wants to purify us. Just take me as your goal. Our goal is Christ himself. We want to pursue him, love him, gain him, be found in him. If we have him, we have everything. Well, Ed, we promised our listeners yesterday this would be a life study that was focused on the experience of Christ and not learning so much in the way of doctrinal or biblical truth. I think our program today is really uh, very much in this vein. We have one more short portion of Witness Lee. Let's go back. Uh, Paul says, we conducted ourselves in singleness of God. 
You have to realize God is almighty. God is all wise. But in a very positive sense, our God is single. And he is simple. He's very simple. Like the Lord Jesus, when he was on this earth, he was wise. But he was simple. He was single. When you are single, you are generous. You are with full liberality. Only the simple persons give more. Only single persons are generous. If you are not single, you could never have any bounty to others. Our God has a lot of bounty to us because he's single. I tell you, if our God is not single, not simple, he considered me this and that, eventually he would say, it is the best to put this man into hell. <laughs> How about you? Let God consider you. Look at your hand. Look at your toe. From the front, from the back, and inward, outward, eventually. No good at all. I tell you, just because of God's singleness, we all got saved. Singleness, to some extent, means blindness. Love blinds people. In other words, love makes people single. You look at Paul on this side, then you look at the Corinthians on that side. Were those Corinthian believers lovable? If Paul was not single, Paul was not simple, Paul would say, Corinthians, forget about you. <laughs> Goodbye. My ministry has nothing to do with you. Why Paul still loves those Corinthians? Just because Paul was blind. Paul was single. Paul was simple. Paul was conducting himself in the singleness of God. He was a real imitator of God. He was a real one who lives God. God is so simple. He is simple. God is so single, he is single. He conducted himself in the singleness of God. Ed, we've got less than a minute, but I was refreshed to the uttermost just by hearing this utterance. To see God in love, loves us in a simple and single way, doesn't he? That unleashes everything in the rich God, bountiful and liberal God. It does, Chris. And again, you've got this Greek word that you can translate it, the singleness of God, the simplicity of God, or the generosity. Yeah. You know, it's it's generousness. And, and Chris, when we're really enjoying the Lord, we're loving the Lord, whether we're praying over the Word or fellowshipping while we're doing today, you become very liberal and bountiful and generous toward people. Like Brother Lee shared, it was so marvelous that God is like that toward us. He's not, you know, he's very, he doesn't <laughs> examine us from head to toe. Otherwise, we'd be in big trouble, right? We'd be finished. But because he's so single, he's so generous. And the more we love him, the more we just want to give. We want to give of ourselves to dispense Christ into people and even give things materially Yeah. to help the needy and the needy saints for right. God's interest. So. This is just a marvelous broadcast. And Chris, I'd like to say this. This book is so experiential. And I'd like to encourage our listeners to get the printed message. This will just be a tremendous help to your daily experience and enjoyment of Christ. 
Well, Ed, on that, let me uh, recommend that the listeners contact us to get these printed messages. The Life Study of Second Corinthians, uh, just a two-volume set, 59 printed messages. And if they'd like to get it, uh, all you have to do is contact us. I'll give you our toll-free number. Hope that you would contact us and get it early on in this Life Study so that you can be right with us day by day, able to get into these printed messages. It is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY if you'd like to call us, 888-543-3788. That's our toll-free number. We do look forward to hearing from you. For Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The recovery version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, more than 13,000 cross-references, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament recovery version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.